Welcome to a new edition of the Neon Jazz Interview Series with Kansas City-born veteran New York City jazz trumpeter James Olar. We get into his new 2024 CD, The Ways In. This album was his brother Alfred's idea and represents all the ways in, and he explains. He began his musical career at the age of nine playing bugle in his hometown of Kansas City, Missouri. At the age of 12, he graduated to the trumpet, and after high school, he went on to San Diego City College and then the University of California at San Diego. It was in 1985 that he moved on to the Mecca of New York City to get the ultimate education and stage experience. We cover a lot of geographical and logistical ground. Enjoy. It's all good. Nice to meet you. Thank you for taking a minute out. It's always good to be around the 816 brethren of of Kansas City, uh, the, the fraternal order of Kansas City people. <laughs> man, I'm so glad that you realized that. It's just a coincidence, man. Um, uh, I grew up in Kansas City. I first started playing bugle in Kansas City. Okay, back. all right. And I left Kansas City. I was born in 59. I, I left in uh, 1970. Okay, so we could peel back all of those layers. And before mm -hmm. we get into your new album, I got to tell you, The Ways In has been a wonderful listen. I'm still, mm -hmm. I'm still a guy that has a CD player in my car. So my son, his name is Miles for obvious reasons. And he loves listening to the jazz. It's like, you know, he was, he actually had to get a dental procedure yesterday okay. and he was getting really nervous. And he told the dentist, can you put jazz on, on your, on your phone so I can listen to it? So <laughs> it's his comfort, man. <laughs> oh, but, good. Good, man. I'm, 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 I'm glad you guys are into the music. Yeah. Yeah. I love the album. And before we get into the album, I want to know. As a musician, how did you survive the last three and a half years? How did you get through the pandemic and how did it change you? Um, well, that was that's kind of simple. First of all, I'm I'm a vested union member, uh, musicians union. So uh, the musicians union, uh, 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 what do you call that? Uh, uh, unemployment. Yeah. Yeah, it, it kicked in pretty, pretty easy. And then I, I invested in... Uh, 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 all this new equipment, like a new uh, computer, new, uh, 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 you know, a Wi-Fi and all that stuff. So I could do Zoom meetings and do gigs, you know, from my apartment. Like, yeah. like uh, if, if, if it wasn't for that, I'd, I wouldn't have this microphone. I wouldn't know anything about this setup. So, yeah, uh, I, did, I did a lot of things uh, uh, via Zoom. And some some very interesting. Uh, I did a Louis Armstrong project, too, um, that was um, that was put on by the uh, the Louis Armstrong Foundation, and it was a panel. I was part of a panel and demonstration. So I did a lot of Zoom stuff and 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 stuff like that. You know? Right on. So talk to me about this album. How did you artistically stitch this one together? Um, well, first of all, the, the pandemic had something to do with it because yeah. this was supposed to be done years ago. Okay. And, and what it was, it's actually my, my, my brother, my oldest brother is, uh, is a music fanatic and he's the one actually his, it's, it was his baby. So he wanted to, to produce a, to produce a record. I, I, put the music out there. I, I get, I organize everything and he would pay for it. Okay. And he, and he loves jazz uh, yeah. and us being from Kansas city, we got a strong jazz connection. My parents were in the, in the jazz. My brother has a great jazz collection and I have a, 
a great that's jazz collection. So to make a long story short, my brother produced it, and uh, and it was supposed to be done years ago, and uh, and I just got together my friends and uh, we put together this this project, you know. But it was it was about three years in the making. So, what are you hoping the listener gets from this album? Versatility, um, um, spirituality. Um, yeah, because there's a lot of different feels on on the record, and also, I I tried to put my ego aside. You know, I want people to do because I had another really great trumpet player on, on the record, and uh, and it's just so nice to have the camaraderie with with the uh, person who plays the same instrument, and just to have that, and um, uh, that's what. That's what I really uh, uh, want everybody to, people to take away from it. Just let your ego down. I mean, it was great, great to have my friend Jeremy Pelt on it. Yeah. You know, he's, he's a, also, it was called The Ways In because he's one of the ones that I helped get gigs and when he first came to town and all that stuff. So just versatility and, uh, and spirituality and because there's so many different things on, on the record. And um, I also I was always looking for like old school mutes, my di different mutes I use, just for versatility. Yeah, musically. So this whole jazz journey began for you in Kansas City, Missouri, with yeah. the Bugle. Talk to mm -hmm. me about the beginnings of this, the the jazz seeds, and and how it grew early on before you left Kansas City. Yeah, well, my uh, my sister's husband uh, just it was just a fluke uh, I, I used to live on 43rd in cleveland anyway uh, uh my sister's husband just by chance bought home a bugle and 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 i just started messing around with it because i saw on tv at that time louis armstrong was still playing and i could see the embouchure i could see i could see physically how how he how he was doing it so watching on TV, and I kind of figured out the basic um, uh, air structure and 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 armature, and um, uh, so basically I was just fluting around with the flute horn and, and I I mean with the bugle, and I figured out how to get a sound, you know, you know, you know, and um, so that was the main. That was the first. Uh, that was the first seed that was planted uh, just by accident. <laughs> yeah. I just learned how to play the bugle because it didn't have no valves. Yeah. So I didn't have to worry about the valves. All I had to worry was just blowing. And I, and I got that together kind of fast. Yeah. So, and then when I moved to California, um, um, I got a little bit more serious. Yeah. And I got a, I got a better trumpet. Actually, I, I, my first trumpet I got in Kansas city at uh, beacons music and it was a con trumpet so and then i got more serious about it the next year i moved to my family moved to san mateo california okay and then i had some really good music teachers like woody shaw so it just kind of developed from there yeah so yeah you went to san diego after that and eventually got to new right. york but prior to that what was what was it about Kansas City that you liked the best? What was it that that nurtured you and your musical pursuits and just overall? What did you like about Kansas City? Well, 
to be honest, I was I was pretty young at the time, but my parents were into jazz and they used to have parties a lot, musical parties. So I just remember uh, the uh, my my stereo and my my dad's uh, tavern. He had he had a bar and he would play music uh, in the uh, Richard Group's home, Misty. Yeah. I remember hearing that as a little kid in my dad's bar in Kansas City and Lee Morgan's Sidewinder. Yeah. Those are two things that I really, really remember. And also my, my parents' record collection. They had a lot of Charlie Parker records, Ahmad Jamal. So um, I just remember uh, uh, really getting introduced to music, period, even Aretha Franklin yeah. when I was living in Kansas City. And then after that, um, I came back to visit, and, uh, and it turns out my parents uh, knew uh, the McFaddens. I don't know if you know Lonnie McFadden. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. So our parents, my parents grew up with Lonnie's parents. Okay. And then we found out that we have a whole musical history. Wow. Of our families getting together. Our fam our parents used to hang out at the old blue room. Together. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Lonnie's parents and my parents. Okay. And Lonnie's dad was a, a tap dancer and he knew he knew my parents really well. Yeah, they have a dynasty in that family. Yeah, Lonnie's got his own club here. He's yeah. He he is one of the best shows I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Between I, the playing and called, the tapping. Is yeah. it called Lonnie's Reno Club? Yes. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. It's wonderful. I went there one time. We went there a few years ago. Man, it he's he is an entertainer to the core of his marrow, man. Yeah, he sure is. He's always been like that. Yeah? Yeah. I've been knowing him. I, I, I met him when I went back to visit which is was in 73 or something like that 74 and uh uh he's always he's always been an entertainer they were tap dancing and singing when they were teenagers yeah and yeah. I, and i remember meeting their father yeah yeah james james mcfadden yeah and and and, and the mother and the brothers and all that stuff i so anyway we kind of grew up i didn't grow up with lonnie when i was living there i met him when i came back to visit Okay. All right. So let me ask you this. What was the first live jazz show that you ever saw that blew you away? Uh, Thad Jones and Mel Lewis, uh, the big band live at uh, the Great American Music Hall in San Francisco. Wow. What was yeah, that? Like? John, oh, it was great. I mean, that, that was what got me into music, watching Thad Jones play. John Faddis was, I think, 19 at the time. Uh, Pepper Adams was playing baritone. Jerry Dodgen, Sir Roland Hanna. Um, Mel Lewis, uh, George Mraz, I mean, uh, uh, wow. Quentin Butter Jackson. Uh, uh, I mean, I could I, I could name everybody, but it would it would it would take a minute because I have to jog my memory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Billy that, Harper. Wow, that's <laughs> yeah. crazy. So, yeah, so that that was that was I think the first thing that blew my mind was Thad Jones, and Mel Lewis, in the early seventies at the Great American Music Hall, and uh, and Thad is one of my favorites. My my new record has a lot of his influence on it. So you went to San Diego to go to school, and then you finally made your way to New York around '85. Yeah. yeah, but I spent a little time in L.A. also. Okay, so yeah. what was that migration like for you? I mean, you're coming from the Midwest, you're going to the West Coast, and then you finally make it out east. What was all of that migratory action? How did that help you grow as a musician? Well, um, I had a teacher in San Diego that was preparing me for New York. His name was Jimmy Cheatham. And um, uh, I really wasn't even thinking about, I was, I was still a teenager in San Diego. And, uh, and I, I, by chance, I just got into big bands. 
And uh, Jimmy Cheatham was a, a, a Chico Hamilton's musical, musical director. He was also a big, big band. He subbed for Duke. He was a great trombone player that taught at UCSD. Okay, so Jimmy Cheatham is, 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 is the one that kind of prepared me mentally uh, to deal with New York. And, uh, and, and since he knew I liked big bands, he introduced me to a lot of cats in the Basie band when I was real young because yeah. they used to have this jam session. Every, every week in San Diego. So um, I, was, I was being kind of groomed when I was living in uh, San Diego to come to New York. And uh, it, was, it was a perfect fit when I, when I made it out here. Yeah. So after all of these years, what is it that you like the best about being a professional musician? There's so many facets that go into it. But re mm -hmm. what really gets you going about being a musician? Uh, travel. Yeah, because you learn so much. I'd lived in Europe for a little while. Um, uh, travel because you know there's so there's so much out there and so many influences that got me. I mean, where whether it's uh, where it comes to cooking, I learned about French food. Uh, uh, I lived in Geneva, Switzerland. French wines, red wines, and um, Côte du Rhone's, and uh, just the culture, the culture of being in a lot of different places. And also I traveled, I traveled extensively to where, to the point to where it was just fascinating to see how, how other people lived. I, I traveled a lot in Europe through, I say, through 86 through 2004. Wow. You know, I don't travel that much anymore, but, but I, during that time, I spent a lot of time in Europe and I just, I just learned, learned a lot. I, I lived there for a little while and, uh, I, I have a whole bunch of new friends, you yeah. know, from, from living there. And I'm a people person once you really get to know me. So yeah. I got a whole bunch of new friends that, that I really haven't, and I have a great time reconnecting with them when I go back. So the one thing about, you know, going to Europe is that there's a different fervor for jazz, you know, mm -hmm. than there is here in the States. How do you feel uh, overall here in 2024 about the state of jazz? I know that people kind of got jolted in the jazz world. People left big cities and there might have been some concern just because of the way the economics work. But what's your sense of how the, the community is right now? Um, I'm really in, I really dig everything because, first of all, um, I, I think it's very, com uh, I think it's very together because here in New York, I see a lot of the younger generation coming up and they are great musicians and they're very respectful. So I, uh, so maybe I'm jumping ahead, but I see, I see uh, a jazz in very, very good hands. I really respect the, the younger musicians. And, um, uh, I had, I, I took part and uh, and a thing Wynton Marcellus has called essentially Ellington. It's a Ellington composite is Ellington competition where these, yeah. yeah, the the high school big bands get it, man, and that really just 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 made my heart warm because I started out in the Ellington band, yeah, and through this competition, I'm seeing all these younger musicians getting hip to all this obscure Ellington band, all Ellington material, including myself. You know, you know, I'm learning about the sweets and, and all the obscure Ellington stuff. And, and, um, uh, so the community, 
I, I'm I'm really in favor of of where where it's going. Um, if if that answers your question, yeah. I think it's I think it's in a very good community uh, where it's going. So no matter where you've been in the world, at the end of the day, it's all about this this craft, this jazz world. What do you love the best about jazz? The creativity that's involved because once, oh man, this is a great question. <laughs> okay. For instance, there's a lot of different aspects. For instance, I played with David Murray. Mm -hmm. uh, I played with Sonny Murray. I played with uh, uh, Sam Rivers. So anyway, I just like the, to bring everything together. You know, for instance, avant-garde with the bebop and what I really love about music is sometimes when I play something or if I hear something, if I, it feels like a bright moment as something clicks in me that feels really good. I said, oh, man, that was really nice. <laughs> you know, if I hear something, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's a bright moment. It's that goosebump uh -huh. mm -hmm. that, 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 that I get. And I, I think it's, it's, it comes from the basis of creativity. You know, and I love what comes out of people. For instance, I did something on my 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 last record, the record, the ways in. Yeah, uh, I did something spontaneous on the record. I said the horn players just play any note you want, the same rhythm, just the right, just this rhythm, any note yeah. you want. And then they they did it, and we listened to the playback. Man, I was blown away. I was so happy. <laughs> I was so happy. It was like I got that goosebump. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you had mentioned some pretty heavy cats from David Murray, Sam Rivers, and you've been around so many people in your life. Mm -hmm. What what did you take from the elder statesmen, the legends of jazz that you in turn try to teach the younger generation about? Um, well, a, a, to make it simple, um, a lot uh, two things. I, I really, I really am concentrating uh, consciously on being a good person. Mm -hmm. You know before before music and that transcends that comes out in your music um uh, i'm sorry i i went off a little bit can you tell me no, one no more? you're good no what did you learn from the legends and yeah, elders gotcha okay yeah okay the, the okay now on the on the on the serious technical tip what i learned from the elders is be on time take care of business practice be serious you know um uh, and, uh, well, you know, I mean, uh, I, I love Lester boy. He was a good friend of mine mm -hmm. and he has this thing called serious fun. So, um, um, I just learned how to be very serious, you know, through, through the older guy. Also the way that the, 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 the older school cats played, there's so much wisdom. If you hear one note, Roy Eldridge, Eldridge played right one just or Clark Terry or even Dizzy Louis Armstrong. There's so much wisdom in one note. Yeah, you know. So sometimes I just I just focus on one note. Sometimes or I like it's a blindfold test. You know, if somebody after one phrase I, I know who it is. Yeah. So I I just I I I just um uh I just learn to have your own identity too because that has a lot to do with it because yeah. when you hear one note you know who it is or you hear a phrase clark dizzy lester young you know so that was that was one of the things that i learned to have your own voice from the from the older school guys
So at the end of the day, everyone, James, has a perception of you, family, friends, fans, but you ultimately run the show. What is your perception of you? Who do you think you are? Uh, uh, you know what? I, I'm still searching for that, but I, I, I want to encompass everything. I mean, or every musician, every aspect of life. Um, uh, I'm, I'm kind of, kind of, uh, what you call that? Um, uh, I'm, as far as like Trump is concerned, have so many, is a wide aspect. And I love Don Cherry to Freddie Hubbard. I mean, what I'm trying to say is I'm really schizo when it comes to trumpet. And I like to get into each one of the trumpet players I love personality, musically. Yeah. You know, so um, I, I try to encompass all these, all these, all these guys uh, into one, into me, you know. Uh, I mean, there's a bunch of obscure guys that I haven't even mentioned yet. I'm yeah. a big fan of Blue Mitchell because when I was living in California, he has a big influence on me. I used to see Blue and Freddie and Snooky Young was the same guy. Yeah. I mean, was the first guy that I saw playing plunger trumpet, which I'm kind of known for. Yeah. So I, 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 I just want to want people to know that I'm a, a musical, worldly musician, and I listen to everything. Yeah. Pretty much, pretty much everything. Yeah. You know, I'm a big R&B guy. I'm a huge Tower of Power fan. Uh, uh, Confunction and Ohio players and and uh. And, and all the L.A. Uh, uh, brass bands, all the L.A. funk bands, New Orleans bands, and all that stuff. So it's just a lot to, in, to encompass. It's just um, um, a, a worldly musician. Yeah. So are you doing anything live? What's coming up for you in 2024 as we get into the warm months? Um, yeah. I'm, well, right now I'm doing, uh, I'm working on this project. I'm a big band uh, with Ted Nash. I okay. don't know if you know, yeah, yep. Ted Nash works. So he's a Winton's um, uh, alto player. I think he plays second alto. He has a big band. We're playing at Dizzy's uh, February 5th, okay. which I'm looking forward to. He has challenging music, and he's a great writer. I know I know him from the West Coast also. Yeah. He was, uh, he was, uh, he was, I didn't know him, but we, I knew about him because we were there at the same time. He came to New York before me. So I'm working with Ted Nash, and I'm still working with Duke Ellington, orchestra i think we got something coming up in uh march 1st at the kennedy center i think it's a tribute to duke ellington featuring lisa fisher okay um and just a little odd odd things um i have to have my book in front of me actually because i got some i actually um i got a few a few things going on um yeah so i i, I got the duke ellington stuff going on um I, I, I work a lot with a band. I'm working with the, uh, there's a club in New York called Ornithology. Yeah. And uh, I'm working with the Fat Cat Big Band there on February 22nd. Um, yeah. And yeah. So yeah, I got a, you know, I got a few things going on. We're playing the Kennedy Center with the Ellington Band March 15th. That's what it is. Okay. Cool. Cool. And also, so, I'm, I, I play in the bassy band still every now and then as a sub. Right on. Well, James, man, this has been an honor and a pleasure. Thank you, sir, for taking time out to talk to Neon Jazz. I man, appreciate it. I'm, I'm totally honored. I really, I, I appreciate you and 
and Kerry Gaffney for, for hooking this up. Thanks for listening and tuning in to another Neon Jazz interview, where we give you a bit of insight into the finest players and minds in San Diego, L.A., New York City, Kansas City, and spots all over the world giving fans all that jazz. Thanks to James for his time, energy, and cool. If you want to hear more Neon Jazz interviews, you can find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Subscribe to us at YouTube, and for everything Neon Jazz, go to the neonjazz.blogspot.com. Until next time, enjoy the jazz, my friends. Neon Jazz.